Hey guys, welcome to my first official episode. This is my talk with Brian Blair, the youth pastor at Anchored Youth of Grace City Church. Um, And he's my youth pastor, and I really enjoyed this talk. So my number one takeaway, learn to be a leader of no reputation. Hope you guys enjoy. My name is Brian Blair, and I'm currently the youth pastor for Grace City Church. So overseeing our junior high and high school ministry, 7th grade through 12th grade. And those are two separate, kind of two separate groups, junior high and high school, but kind of fits under the umbrella of uh, the student ministry at our church. Okay, what is your favorite part of your job? Yes. <laughs> yes to all of that. My, my favorite part is lots of things. Um, on a 30-foot, on a, on a 30,000-foot 30 level, my favorite part of my job is uh, I'm doing the thing God wired me to do with the best people that I could ever think of to do it with. And, and I get paid for it. <laughs> right? <clears throat> so at Grace City Church, I mean, there's just the people on our staff, the way that Josh, Pastor Josh, our head, our head, Honcho, our head pastor has led. One of the things he's super gifted in is just choosing a team. And I mean, we talk about it often, but we have something super unique in that like everybody that's on our staff is somebody who's just incredibly gifted in their field, whatever they were doing before they were coming and working at Gracie Church. They were, they were doing really well in the world. Mm-hmm. Like kicking butt and taking names in, in the in the real in in the marketplace. Um, pretty much everybody on staff has taken a pay cut to come work here, mm-hmm. and and have gladly done so. And so there's just this juice that people want to be here. And so just before you even start to think about my specific role as a youth pastor and what I get to do there. I mean, I love my job before I even get started <laughs> because of who I get to do it with. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I just, there's a, there's a real feeling that I've been called to this work and part of me landing here, not part of me landing here, a couple of years ago, jo- Josh asked us all on staff to answer the question, why are you here? It took me like 0.2 seconds to think of that answer. And... The answer is I've been called here. I would have not have, I would not have been here otherwise, because I love I actually loved what I used to do as a teacher and a coach, loved it, and I was doing what God called me to. Do. Um, I came and did this because it was it was like had I had I not done this it would have, I would have I would honestly tell you like it would it would have been like sin for me to not do it, and I mean that just because the the calling to to move was so clear. Mm-hmm. So when you get to do something that you're called to and get paid for it with the people you love, I mean, dang. And then just to think about, gosh, the work with students and uh, the opportunity to speak into the next generation and to, um, the, and to have fun and to 
be kind of a catalyst for change and be a catalyst for um, moments and memories being made in their life and knowing that you're doing a work that will impact the most formative years of their life. I mean, I'm all about that. So those are, those are really fun. Whether it's uh, a night where I'm calling students to respond to the gospel or, or I'm, you know, in my crazy, you know, energy and zeal, calling people to do some crazy game that makes them feel totally awkward and, and like little kids. Like, all of the above. It's like, yes. I think, to say it in, in short, I feel like I've been called, part, this is part I love about my job as a youth pastor in particular, because I love helping students feel the fullness of life. Um, how do you relate your faith to your job? And in this case, you're a youth pastor, so that's not that hard. But mm -hmm. um, how specifically do you um, live out your faith and, like you said, your calling mm -hmm. in your job? You kind of already went into this, but... Yeah, I mean, as a pastor, right, my, my whole thing is grounded and rooted in, in faith. Like, the things that I do, whether it's planning a fun event like we're going to do tonight mm -hmm. or or preaching a sermon or talking with a student one-on-one -on -one or whatever. I mean, it's all grounded in my faith, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about, you, you know, whether it, if it's counsel that I'm giving or, you know, speaking into a student's life in that way. And I'm always thinking about that, praying, praying the Lord gives me wisdom and um I'm in, I'm in the business where, you know, if you, you want to think about like a normal, a normal business, like the, the way that I am successful in this business is by, is by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, other people that are, you know, building widgets out there, you know, doing, doing their, you know, if it's a, if it's a company like, you know, Walmart. They're successful by selling product, mm -hmm. right? Well, so am I, if we want to think about that way. What's my product? The gospel, <laughs> you know? So one of, the, one of the best ways to sell the gospel is by living and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. So for me, that requires a ton of faith and a ton of, uh, ton of learning and, and a ton of humility, uh, right? Because you're trying to you're trying to do something and steward something and own something without making it your thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's an interesting part of the, of the gospel and faith is that as soon as you make it about, about you, it's that, 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 that's not, that's not the best way to do it. <laughs> so it's a huge part of everything I'm doing and try to make it, try to make it the whole thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, that was pretty easy for yeah. a pastor to answer. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. It should be easy for a pastor to answer that one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay, so this, is, this question is intentionally broad. Yeah. Um, what is your opinion of the younger generation of Christians? Yeah. There's two sides of the coin there for me. It's good. Uh, <clears throat> on one side of the coin... My my opinion is is uh, 
Let's see where I want to start here. We'll start, we'll start on my kind of more, the part that drives me the most. Um, my opinion of the younger generation is that it's, it's, I really believe the hope of the future. Right? It's like the next generation will be whatever they decide to do. Whatever your generation decides to do will be the reality of like my kids' world. You know? Yeah. Like it will be the reality of my older years. You know? Mm-hmm. And so truly the, like it is the future. Your generation is the future, right? And that's like, well, duh, you know, because you're going to grow up and all those things. But uh, with that being said, it's like there's, it, it's, it's a massive potential, right? It's a huge potential for real change and for, for culture forming and for uh, momentum and for tone setting. And for, man, just how, how, uh, how culture is experienced, how a town is experienced, how, you know, entertainment is experienced. I'm thinking on a broad spectrum, <clears throat> how even technology is experienced. I mean, like, just your culture is going to have an impact on every aspect of life, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, your generation, not your culture. But your generation is going to influence culture so much that it's going to change the course. Has the potential, I should say, Mm -hmm. to change the course of where we're headed. Right? And that's going to be in a positive way or in a negative way. So so the one side of the coin, I think, my, my view of the next generation is just like, oh man, so much hope. So much opportunity, so much potential. Um, and so for that, it's, it's where I get just the saying, the, the tagline for Anchor, you're never too young for things that matter. Mm-hmm. It's like, when I look at the God, like at reading through scriptures, it's like young people is who God used a lot of the time, right? Mm-hmm. There are definitely times when he used some older folks and worked in those, in those people, but man, like young people were used all the time in, in the scriptures and, and young people can influence. So, man, major, major potential. And I think as well, the other thing that I see there on that side of the coin is um, there's a responsibility there for the older generation to invest. So because of the potential, um, you know, because the younger generation, for the younger generation, there's nothing set in stone. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, solid path. Again, it's potential. And so, if you think of it in, in, in the way of, like, uh, an op- a blank canvas or a dry sponge, you know, it's ready to receive whatever is going to be given it. You know, if you use the canvas analogy, like, you know, there's going to, like, paint's going to get thrown on there. What direction are you going to take it? And the dry sponge, like, it's going to soak up something. What's it going to soak up? And so the potential for energy and potential for momentum is there. 
So with, with that being said, there's responsibility to invest in it. There's responsibility to steward it. There's responsibility to engage it, right? And to not do so is like an absolute, an absolute miss. And so, I mean, I can, I can speak pretty strongly about that. And it's, and it's why I want to, it's why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's why, yeah, it's, it's, it is the reason I think God put me on the earth is to help be a part of making sure the next generation is invested in. So on the other side of the coin, um, there's some things that I feel about the next generation is that they're, they're easily persuaded and um, easily lulled to sleep. And especially now. Now, I'm going to sound like the old guy here. I just think it's different now. I think because of technology. I think because of, of the one-click to get your answer world that technology's created. And, this, you know, the flip through your phone to get whatever you want. And... and just that whole idea has just created laziness to a new level and, and an, an apathy. And, you know, I just wonder like, man, you know, we're going to even talk about this in a, in a sermon coming up here, but it's like, is there anything that you're excited about? You know, like, I wonder, cause one of the things I see with young people all the time is like, where's the fire? You know? One of the things about young people that I think need to be there is like energy. But it's interesting. I feel like I have more energy than most young people I know. You know? And I don't necessarily mean everybody needs to be the raw, raw type. You know? But like, what fires you up? You know? And, and what, what gets you going? What gets you out of bed in the morning? And, and even if it's silly stuff or sports... Or, but, but, you know, like I'm seeing students where they get kind of excited about their sport, but like not really, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're just kind of doing it because, because it's a means to an end, like a college degree or something like that. There's like, it's been a long time and I've coached for a long time. And so it's been a long time since I've seen like a young person really love the game. It's pretty rare, you know, thinking about the sports or like any other thing for that matter, like. What are some things, like, this is a question that I'll have is, like, for students, is, like, not talking about the gospel necessarily, not talking about Jesus necessarily, apart from the gospel, apart from the good news of the gospel and Jesus Christ, what fires you up? What are some things that, like, make your, make your blood boil, you know, that, that even get you mad or that, that draw out passion? Sometimes I feel like in this generation currently right now, it's like pulling teeth to find the answers to those questions. Mm. And most of them will answer, I don't know. And to that, I want to just say, on one hand, I'm not really looking for any specific answer. But like, is there anybody else? It's like, hello, McFly, is anybody (laughs) home? You know, like, where are you? Like, and I, I think, like, is it, is it, is it snowboarding? Is it hiking? Is it outdoor things? Is it anytime you're, 
in a gym? Is it books? Is it a, just, you know, your, your favorite story? Is it drawing and art? Is it amazing food? Is it, is there anything that maybe it's an action sport, you know, like the thrill of being on the edge? I don't know. You know, so the other side of this coin is it's like students just fall into this place of just, huh, with, 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 without someone to pull them out of that, I wonder if they would do anything, you know? So on the, on the one side of the coin, so much potential, so much energy, so much possibility. On the other hand, so easily they, they will not uh, move. And I think that has to do with the way that our, the generations before have treated young people and the culture that they're being raised in. And, and it's like the bar's not set high enough and there's opportunity for them to just float and everything's too easy, you know? No one has to work hard for anything. You get a trophy for everything and, and, and everything's just uh, there, accessible. You know, by the time you're done with school, I'm imagining most colleges will be like free, you know? You won't have to pay for any of it because we're just gonna make it all free, you know? It's like, I don't think that's okay, you know? So in some ways, we've created this, this place where, like, young people can just, like, float and do whatever they want. And because of that, there's no fire because they've never had to struggle. But, man, I wish the younger generation would see that there is there's something you can do. There's lots you can do. It's, there's, it's okay to take up responsibility at a young age. And so I would want to encourage, I mean, I had, I can, I'm thinking of a student right now that I remember in a conversation where it's like, don't look down on the fact that you're having to grow up early because he was, that was the situation that he was in. Dad was not around. Mom was working night shift jobs. He's taking care of younger brothers and sisters when he got home from school and he couldn't do things like sports or other actor, extracurricular activities because he had responsibilities, you know? And on one hand, it's a bummer, and he's having to grow up too fast, yes, and I totally get that. But my encouragement to him was like, but don't look down on the fact that you're having to step up. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow you into the man God, that God wants you to be. And I think the younger generation, I'd love for them to like step into that more. But that's the other side of the coin, right? They're so easily like duped into thinking that, they're not supposed to, or they can't. On one hand, so much potential, so much energy, so much possibility. On the other hand, there's, for whatever reason, at times, it's like pulling teeth to get it out. So in light of that, if you were to give like some sort of, not motto, but a thing to remember. Mm-hmm. So like simple one sentence, maybe two, like, for in those moments when you feel like you can't do anything or you're not supposed to or you don't have to, like, those moments, what's something that a young Christian could remember? The younger generation can lead. We need to redefine leadership because <clears throat> too many people are thinking, even adults, think that, oh, only certain people can lead. If you have a certain title, if you have a certain position... If you're a pastor, if you're a teacher, 
if you have some sort of role of authority. But here's the question. Can a, can a 13-year-old kid who's living with his mom, no dad in the home, going to school, helping his mom take care of younger siblings, like, can that kid be a leader? So I think part of it is, is needing to redefine leadership. It's like, what is kingdom leadership? Understanding that it's not based on title. It's not based on um, some performance record. It's not based on how you look. It's not based on what status you have in terms of economically. It's not based on what school you went to or didn't go to. It's not based on what education you received or not received, right? It's not based on how old you are, whether that's young or old. We need to redefine leadership. Because when we redefine leadership, then we'll start to realize that, oh, there's more people who are able to participate. And I think that'll free up the next generation more and more. To answer your question then, the one sentence or the thing that I would say is that God's, God's, I think the kind of leaders that God's looking for are leaders of no reputation. What does it mean to be a leader of no reputation? Jesus Christ was a leader of no reputation. When he came on the scene, he wasn't this guy that you would have thought he was, right? Uh, Israel was expecting to find a king to come in on a white horse and literally take over the kingdom, the physical kingdom, with armies and soldiers and chariots and, you know, swinging a big sword and crown on his head and a long rope. That's just not how he came. He came, he came in the most lowly position possible, a baby, to a, to a really poor family, not even born in a home, but born in, in, with, with the animals out in the barn. It doesn't get more low than that. So it's like, just in that example alone, he's not somebody you would have been looking for, but he changed the world. And then when he grew up, he started to pick people for his team that were not the guys you would have expected. They had no reputation. And if they had a reputation, it was a bad one. Right? Think about that. You know, a bunch of fishermen, tax collector, all these people that were not looked at or regarded as leaders in that time changed the world. And arguably the most influential bunch that have ever walked the planet. I think there's some things there that I want to get into and, and, you know, we could talk about it more, but to answer your question more in a concise way, I think it's helping, stu- helping the younger generation realize that leadership is not about some position. It's, it's really about being a kingdom leader. And being a kingdom leader means being a leader of no reputation. Like what can someone go out and do like right now? <laughs> Take out the trash without having me to be asked. Do the dishes without having to be asked. Go help their neighbor pull some weeds and don't ask for any money. Hang out with your brother or sister for an extended period of time because you want to. And invite them to go do something with you. You know? Go tell your mom that you love her and that she's doing a great job.
The thing about kingdom leadership is that it always starts very small. The way God's designed his world to work, he doesn't give kingdom missions, big ones, to people that haven't handled small ones. You want one sentence? Lovingly, joyfully, and quickly do the small thing that you know you need to do. The right thing to do. Apply that to whatever situation, whether it's in your home with your parents, at your job. Like, don't grumble and complain. Work hard and love it. And not only that, go look for hard work to do because it's good for you and love it. Don't whine and complain when something gets hard. How about this? Don't mistake hard for bad. Hard's not bad, people. <laughs> Go there willingly with a good attitude. That's kingdom leadership. That's really good. Um, so last question. How do you think that the church and culture would be affected if young believers lived this out? So kingdom leadership, doing the small things joyfully. Like, what do you think would happen? It would change the world. Hands down. Change the world. I think, I think if people would do, not, not being worried about being leaders of, of all great reputation, if we had more people understanding what it means to be, and I don't even fully understand this, to be honest, because I'm, I'm thinking about this all the time. But what does it mean to be a leader of no reputation? And being willing to step into that, I think it would change the world. Like, everybody is waiting for somebody to step up and do something. So why don't I do it? So it's like, and if everybody stopped waiting for somebody else, how many people would be now doing something right. with their lives? Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all I have. So thank you. I just learned so much. <laughs> Was it good? Yeah. It's fun to fun to shoot off on these things. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. I really learned a lot during that talk and was super excited to share it with you guys. And just so you know, I will most likely have an episode out next Saturday. Might be more like Sunday or Monday, no promises, but for sure once a week for the next month or so. So yeah, thanks for listening.